Well, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Kelly S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Today is Thursday, March the 29th. Today, we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and um, we are on page 44, fourth, last paragraph, if a mere code of morals. We'll be doing that first, that just that one paragraph only. So today's readers are 12 Steps, Carmela G, 12 Traditions, Kathy R. The readers of the text will be Barbara E, Julie R, and Susan M. The reference numbers for Wednesday, yesterday, March 28th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 11219, 11219, and the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 11221. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no positions on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. And I can hear somebody unmuted, so if you unmuted this morning to us, say hi or check in. Please press star 1. If you're not sure, press star 1 and make sure you're muted so we can have a quiet meeting. Thank you. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Carmela G. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Carmela. Good morning. Thank you so much. The 12 steps. We admitted we were powerless over food and our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and for the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening 
As a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to the compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you, Carmela G. Next, I will ask Kathy R. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Kelly. My name is Kathy R. from Tampa Bay, Florida area. These are the 12 traditions that keep us grounded in this wonderful program. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should, remain, should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Number six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Number nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We'd all, we need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And finally, number 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to pay, place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do this service, and I hope everybody has a great day. Thank you so much, Kathy R. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book, and we are on page 44, fourth paragraph, which is the last paragraph on that page, starting with is a mere code of morals, and we will just be reading and commenting on that one paragraph. And I will now ask Barbara E. to begin our reading. Hey, Barbara. Thank you so much for allowing me to do the service. 
It's Barbara E. in New Jersey. If a mere code of ethics or a better philosophy of life were sufficient to overcome alcoholism, many many of us would have recovered long ago. But we found that such codes and philosophies did not save us, no matter how much we tried. We could wish to be moral. We could wish to be philosophically comforted. In fact, will these will these things with all we need it i'm sorry i underlined it and read i can't read it in fact we could will these things with all our might but the needed power wasn't there our human resources as marshaled by the will were not sufficient they failed utterly well for me barbara my problem is when I have an illness, it has nothing, nothing to do with my morality or my principles, my code of right and wrong. I really wanted to do what I wanted to do without getting caught. My only sense of morality was don't get caught. Don't get caught stealing the candy from CVS. Don't get caught ripping open the bags in the supermarket and eating and shoving the bags behind the counter. Don't get caught going into your sorority sister's rooms in college and stealing their food. Don't get caught raiding the refrigerator. Don't get caught spending more money than I should as a young married woman on junk food. Don't get caught buying clothes over and over again in bigger and bigger size. I could refrain from dishonesty and criticizing you some of the time. I could be nice some of the time, but I needed a complete personality change, not a partial one. To use an awful example, my friend Lynn had cancer. She couldn't say, I'll do my chemotherapy some of the time. She had to do it all all of the time. Today, my morals have changed, truly changed from the inside out. And it was not an easy job because I had no power over anything. I had to truly say aside, a set-aside prayer to set aside my old skepticism that there was a God out there in the universe <laughs> pardon me, a God in the universe willing to help me with my puny little problem when there was genocide, racial profiling, killing in the schools. Why would a God swoop in and help me? But Einstein said, everyone who was involved in science eventually becomes convinced that some spirit is manifest in the laws of the universe vastly superior to that of of man. So I certainly had to consider the possibility that I had to set aside my old prejudice, not against God, but that God would help me. My brain had created the problem, so I couldn't use my brain to solve it. Again, when I try and use my brain, I'm behind enemy lines. My brain has a dimmer switch, just like we have in our dining room. And that was true with my 
oh, my spiritual experience. My spiritual experience was connected to that dimmer switch, sometimes high, sometimes low. That's why I come here every single day. God is or God isn't. For me, it is. Thank you. I pass. Have a blessed day. Okay, so who would like to share on the paragraph that was just read? Kim K. from South Jersey. Amanda D. Rita K. This is Larry. Amanda. Amanda S. Amanda S. Okay. I heard somebody D, but I couldn't get their name. Amanda B. Oh, there's Amanda B. And is there Amanda S. too? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll stop there. Quiet group today. Makes my job easy. Here's who I have so far. Kim G, Rita K, Amanda B, Larry K, Amanda S, and Vasa O. So if everybody can make sure you're muted, and we will start with Kim G followed by Rita K. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Our human resources, as marshaled by the will, were not sufficient. They failed us utterly. You know, this whole chapter is basically looking at my prejudices. So what was helpful for me as someone who's been in and out of the, de- the uh, fellowship for decades, what were my prejudices about step two? You know, I thought in step two I had to have a concrete idea of who God was. I had to return to my childhood religions, and I did a lot of exercises like writing help wanted ads, letters of resignation, trying to apply human qualities to God. I tell you, I, I complicated step two. Step two is simply the conclusion that I need power. I don't have to define that power in any way. So what are those human resources that have failed me? Those are all my willpower, all those things of myself that I tried to do to rig the system to beat the system. It's all the other people that I tried to get to control and enjoy my eating. It was the men, the family, the friends, the doctors, the therapists. Even human resources are the fellowship, trying to think that the fellowship was going to be able to keep me abstinent. And I had to admit that they failed me utterly. And why did they fail me utterly? Because I had to concede in step one, I had this twofold illness, that I am powerless in the allergy, because it's simply a bodily function, and I never, ever, ever, ever can have those foods again. But even more important, I had to concede that my powerlessness was really in my mind, that my mind as an addict is wired differently, that regardless of the circumstances or how much willpower I have, that my defense is that step one isn't don't eat, go to meetings, Kim, but step one is I will eat again. So if I am powerless, that simply means I need a power. Full stop. It's just a conclusion on to step three. So why is there a whole chapter on step two if it's that simple? Because we have a lot of resistance to step two. We have a lot of confusion around power. We have a lot of confusion around what it means to need that power. So my personal experience is when people are struggling with step two, it's usually because they haven't fully conceded step one. Because when you fully concede step one, you are powerless. The default position is you need power. Who the hell cares what that power is? Let's move on to step three and make a decision about how we can seek that power. Because I have admitted 
fully to myself that my human resources as marshaled by the will were not sufficient and they failed me utterly over and over and over. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Kim G. Next up, Rita K. followed by Amanda B. Good morning, Rita. Good morning. Thank you so much, Kelly. Um, my name is Rita Kay. I'm from Kansas, uh, recovered compulsive reader. You know, uh, I can just say ditto and just hang up, really, because that's exactly, you know, I'm, my thinking from this from this paragraph. The thing that I zero in on is um, it's a sentence that uh, the, after the comma, but the needed power wasn't there. You know, we 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 go through all this stuff. How many food plans? How many books? How many philosophies? How many therapists? You know, um, uh, mind mindful eating. You know, intuitive eating. You, you, we 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 put the names to them and we change it and we change it. And the the thing about think about step two. When you think about step two, what has to come before step two? And that is step one. And I you know I sound like a broken record, but for me, you know, with my experiences of being in and out of the rooms and with dealing with my own relapse, I know that for me, it, relapse for me was a step one issue, and it is a step one issue, you know, in not admitting powerlessness, you know, admitting that I'm powerless, and then deciding that, okay, I'm powerless, and then deciding that, okay, I'm not powerless, and I'm power, I am powerful over all of this. And so in order to move on to step two, in order to even get there, you know, there's some admitting that has to, that has to be done. And, you know, you can, you, can, you can run up a flight of steps, and you can skip over steps running up. And I see people who are able to do that. They have long legs. They have good joints and everything. And they run up a flight and they skip steps. But these, these are steps that, that is detrimental to skip them. And while we're talking about step two, while we're talking about coming to believe, you know, we have to look at, okay, have I admitted that I'm powerless? Have I done that level foundational work within myself, or am I still trying to figure out if I'm powerful over different types of substances that I'm really not? So those are the things that I continually ask myself. And with that, I pass. Thanks for letting me be of service. Thank you for your share, Rita Kay. And next up is Amanda B., followed by Larry Kay. Good morning, Amanda. Hi, this is Amanda B. Thank you so much. Um, I really love this. It basically says, if I need to do X, Y, Z, if a mere code of morals or a better philosophy of life were sufficient to overcome, if, if I could have done this, I would have done it. It just drives home step one to me. And that this isn't moral. It isn't about being philosophical. It isn't about being a good person. It's an allergy of the body. And I need something to overcome it that is not moral. And, you know, I remember coming to program and keep saying, I keep trying. I did this. I did that. It's not about trying. It's not about having better philosophies. It's not about being moral. It's not about doing X, Y, and Z. It's not a moral issue. We say that all the time. And then this next part about we could wish to be moral. We could wish to be philosophically comforted. We could will these things. That's all about the mind. But my problem centers in my mind. Wishing doesn't get me anything. I could wish that I had a bunny. I could wish whatever. It, it's nothing to do 
with the program of action. And if the problem centers in my mind, wishing is more of me thinking. We have to take action. I had to take action. And then this last piece, our human resources, as marshaled by the role, were not sufficient. This very last line, they failed utterly. This just takes me to my real step two, is that I have a God or a higher power that's purposeful and meaningful and loving. The fact that those things failed utterly is part of the foundation of the gifts of the program. If those things worked, I would never find the, pre- the consciousness of the presence of God being the biggest thing in my life. I would still just be on a diet. But because that failed utterly, my human will, all of my wishes, my mind, my actions about doing X, Y, Z and diets and exercise and philosophies, they failed utterly. That's my higher power. That's a gift. I know this is not the chapter about, well, it is our chapter about step two, really, and that's what we're talking about here. But the fact that it failed utterly is not a bad thing. And and to me, my higher power speaks to me in so many different ways. So I love that the fact that a, quote, failure is the bedrock, is part of the bedrock that my recovery is built on, because that failure shows me my self-will, my own ideas, my wishes, and my current actions are not the answer. So the feeling is really the gift and the purposefulness and the protection of my higher power. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amanda B. Next up, Larry K. followed by Amanda S. Hey, Larry. Hey, Kelly. Good morning. Are you able to hear me okay? I can. Okay, good. Good. I'm driving, so I'll I'll do my best here. Um, yeah, I just I just wanted to, to chime in. You know, we can't beat this disease with a better moral code or a better philosophy of living. And, you know, because I have to remember that the nature of a virtue, something good, is that a vice is almost always hidden inside for a guy like me, you know? So, so self-confidence, uh, resilience, fearlessness, you know, might pr- produce a bold leader performs well, but the very same virtues are just a few degrees from, you know, antisocial behavior, different negative consequences, you know. So clearly, I need something more than just a better intent for living, because left to my own devices, yeah, I've proven I'll take any virtue, and pretty quickly, I'm going to turn it into a vice, So, for example, you know, organized becomes obsessive for a guy like me. Daring, well, that'll, you know, I could be daring, but that's going to escalate pretty quickly into risky. And modesty, that slips into insecurity for me. And confidence, you know, can can pretty quickly get to arrogance for a guy like me. You may be different than me, but I'm just speaking about where I go. You know, so show me a strength. And I'll show you an, an example of where it's overused. I've proven that in my life. I needed to be unseated. I needed to be overthrown. That's what step two is about, is just being open. Can you be open to being unseated? I don't know. My pride might not. I don't know if I'm open to being overthrown. See, a human being like me doesn't have a shot at freedom without access to a power greater than myself. I need to be overthrown. I need to at least be open to being overthrown. 
If not, I'm just going to go my merry way, and I'm going to turn virtues into vices at every turn, and I'm going to binge my brains out eventually. Eventually, food's a step up, right? With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Next up, Amanda S., followed by Vasa O. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, great. This is Amanda S., recovered compulsive overeater, calling from central Pennsylvania. And um, I just love this chapter, and I love this paragraph because this was me. Um, I came into OA, and honestly, I told someone I could just skip steps one through three because I believed in God. I had gone to religious school from kindergarten through college. Like, I had the God and the faith thing down. Thank you very much. Let's just move to the inventory. And um, what I realized is that if my belief in God and my religion and all the actions I had taken as part of my religion, if that was truly the answer, then I would have recovered long ago. Um, And what I realized is that all the things I had been trying to do, I prayed. I went to a center for healing prayer. I did Bible study. I did a small group in my church focused on eating disorders. I went on missions trips. I was baptized. And I even, when I look at it, my first seven years in OA, I did the steps. And all of that was me trying to save myself. I was trying to use the next thing to save myself. I really didn't care what was on the other side. I didn't care about surrendering to God. I wanted relief, and I was running the show. Um, So I initially uh, wanted to even skip over this chapter because we agnostics didn't resonate with me. I believed in God. But what I didn't realize is that I didn't rely on God. I was acting like there was no God because I was running the show. And so for me, we agnostics means we who think we know best. And until I realized I didn't know best and I started praying to lay aside everything I thought I knew, um, that's when my healing and my recovery began. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Amanda S. Next up, we have Vasa O. Good morning, Vasa. Good morning, Kelly, and good morning, everyone. Now, Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, calling from Florida. Wow, it, this was a, it's a very powerful step, one and two and three for me. Uh, I don't know what I would have done if I didn't take the steps. And uh, as long as I use my own willpower, to control the food I failed over and over. And I needed to find a power greater than myself. And um, and that was scary. That really was scary for me, but it still sounded better to me to say power greater than myself than God. I had a fear of God. I grew up in a fearful punishing, with a fearful punishing God. And who would want that kind of God in their life? 
my sponsor. I said, well, I'll lend you mine. So I, whatever I said to myself, you know, I wasn't ready to take her God. You know, I still felt better to think as a higher power than God. And I just, as I said, I, I tried this, the program before I came to Overeaters Anonymous. I mean, not the program, but I tried all these things to stop stop eating, you know, diet workshop, weight watches, exercising, running, some bulimia, anorexia. I tried everything, and none of that worked. And I'm just so grateful that my higher power, which I do call today God after, you know, many years, I, I'm okay to say God today that led me into Overeaters Anonymous and put a person in my life that helped me, especially at the beginning. And I hadn't reached to the point yet, you know, with the physical problems and stealing and hiding. I didn't have money in those years, you know, or going to restaurants. And I was so afraid, you know. I mean, I remember going to the market and, you know, just taking a grape or something to, you know, to taste it and, you know, and the fender said, you know, if everybody came by to take a grape or a plum from him, they'll have nothing to lose, uh, nothing to get to gain. So I was embarrassed, you know, that I was confronted, and I, you know, and then I stopped doing it. So yes, I needed to find a greater power than myself uh, to help me and throw myself in the twelve steps. This was the only way, and I listened, and I listened, and I listened. And I stayed, and I've been here for many, many, many years. And it is by the grace of God, you know, put the food down. I had no clue. I had the allergy. I had no clue that I had the, the, the disease uh, that followed the, the allergy with the mental obsession. And that was the key. I had to put the food down. It was torture. Time. I'll wrap it up. It was torture, but I did it. it and it is by the grace of God, you know, and now it's, Clean house and pass it on. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you so much, Fasa. Okay, so we are, where are we here? We're on page 44, on the fourth or the last paragraph there, if a mere, mere code of morals. We read just that one paragraph. Who would like to? Nessa R. C. in California. Ross M. Jackie B. from the Bronx. I heard somebody that said something C. I didn't. Nicole C. in California. I got you, Nicole. Okay, who else? Penny C. All right, well, here's our lineup. I have Nessa R., Nicole C., Russ M., Jackie B., and Penny C., so, if you could all please make sure you uh, remute star one, and we will start with Nessa R, followed by Nicole C. Good morning, Nessa. Good morning. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, to me, this chapter, I mean, I love this chapter. This chapter is not about, you know, proving that God exists. It, it is not even proving that I need to believe in God. To me, this whole chapter is about telling me, showing me that I only have two choices. 
you know, every single page of this chapter is just showing me I only have two choices to die eating or to live with spiritual help. Either God is everything or the food is everything. And you're like, I wonder why only two choices? Life in general is about choices, you know, in a spectrum in between one through ten. So here I'm only given one and ten. So what happened to two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine? You know, where did those go? Why don't I get those? And the answer is that I've already done them. If I'm here, um, if I'm in OA, uh, it means I've already tried two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine, and they did not work. So I'm only left with two choices, two choices which I have not tried. One is giving in to the food and let, me, let it kill me, and 10 is accepting spiritual help and let God run my life and relieve me from this um, horrible malady. And, you know, I, I, have chosen, I have chosen 10. I have chosen to let God run my life. And, you know, as a result, you know, I have gone from a size 24 to a size 6. Um, I've been that way now for more than six years. But more importantly, you know, the food does not call to me at all. Like food is not uh, up front and center in my life. It doesn't really matter anymore. I'm not fighting the food. I'm not running to it. I'm not running away from it. It just is. You know, I eat it during meals and then I move on with the rest of my life. You know, and my, my, um, my brain the way my brain functions is so radically different than it was before. You know, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more peaceful. I'm definitely happier. I'm nicer to be around. My relationships work. My life work. I have a contented, purposeful life. You know, and why? Because I chose God over the food. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nessa R. Next up, Nicole C., followed by Russ M. Good morning, Nicole. Nicole, press star one. Hi, this is Nicole C. in California. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, great. <laughs> Success. I'm a, yeah. I'm a compulsive eater. And um, this is actually my first time sharing on a vision for you. I started dialing in about a week ago and got a sponsor, and I'm in the steps, and I'm I'm really enjoying listening to these meetings every day. And um, I I do this 4 a.m. and I relate very much to this paragraph because for a very long time before I came into OA, I would just try so hard to just do better and just be better. And this time I'm just going to do better. And this time I'm just going to be better. And it was so bad that I had gotten fitted for a wedding dress, came back a couple months later, and I couldn't even get it past my thighs. I couldn't even get it over my thighs. And I had this sinking feeling inside of me because there was something deep down in me that knew that no matter how bad I wanted this, that I wasn't going to be able to do it on my own power. And I, I felt sick about it because I knew that. And and it is true that if it were up to morals, if it were up to a better philosophy, I would have recovered a long time ago because that's how my parents raised me. I mean, my parents raised me going to a private school, going to church. I mean, having an open mind, taking philosophy classes in college. I mean, all of that 
and it did nothing for me. It did absolutely nothing for me. Um, I, I, my human resources, if they were enough, I wouldn't need Overeaters Anonymous. I mean, believe me, it's not like my dream when I was a kid was to be part of Overeaters Anonymous. And it was only through the defeat that we've been reading about in the previous paragraphs and the previous chapters that I was willing to accept that this is something that's going to have to come from something way more powerful than me. And, you know, at first it just started with the group, the identification and other people carrying me. And there was a gal that called me when I first joined Vision who told me the story about the elephants, how when elephants are sick, they have to stay standing. And that when sometimes with the babies, when they can't stay standing, the other elephants will circle around them and hold them up. And for me, that's been the power greater than me, you know, when I don't feel that I can connect with that higher power, you know, I rely on the group that's my higher power to to lift me up and to keep me standing when I can't stand because I'm too sick. Um, and then, you know, eventually through prayer and meditation, I'm connecting with something that is going to solve my problem for me without having to necessarily rely on the group. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you for sharing, Nicole. Um, Nicole C. Next up, Russ M., followed by Jackie B. Good morning, Russ. Good morning, Kelly. Thanks for your service. Appreciate it. Russ M., recover compulsive overeater outside of Philly. So mere code of morals and a better philosophy of life were sufficient. If it was, we wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. And I found out none of it saved me. So, yeah, I'm a big Christian guy. You know, I love Jesus and all that good stuff. There was there was a cockiness to me, you know, that, uh, you know, I had it figured out. That's the reason why I'm here, because of my such my good, great ideas throughout my life and how I can control things. You know, I, I knew that food had me. I knew I was a mess. I knew that God was around. I knew that he was there. I knew someone existed that was bigger than me. But my problem, my whole problem of all of it, and I still battle it today, is trusting my life with God. Eating food, going off on food, ODing on food almost, that's a problem of Russ, of me being God, of me controlling everything. And not being able to manage life, but have to get that hit so I don't have to see the truth. So, you know, I, I came in with so many misconceptions and such a cocky attitude. And, you know, that was all smashed because I was crushed. I was wrecked. And uh, if, if I didn't have, if, if, if I wasn't desperate, I would have nothing. I wouldn't have you guys. I wouldn't have this beautiful program. I wouldn't have a relationship with God. So... <laughs> You know, uh, we we could intellectualize this all we want and use our brains and be smart and know better, but it, it leads to ultimate ruin. And uh, you got to surrender it. And it, it's a daily struggle, a lifelong struggle. But if we do the work, it'll work out. We have the 12 steps. That's That's my only comfort out of this whole deal. Yeah, I'm out of the food. That's great and all. But I could be a dry drunk. 
and still be a miserable bastard, to be honest with you. Excuse me. Excuse my vernacular. But I want some. I would love to have a little bit of joy until I until I go to the next. You know, until I until it's over. And this is how I do it. I have this beautiful program, the steps, wonderful, wonderful people that don't know me from the Easter Bunny, but are there to help me. And I hope I can do that for someone else. So I'm going on as usual, like I always do. But my my point is, it's a surrender. And you know, putting our putting our ego down, and it's a daily struggle for me. But if I didn't have you guys, I wouldn't have anything. And if I didn't have this program, I wouldn't have anything because you all bring me closer to God each and every day. Thank you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Russ M. Next up, Jackie B. Followed by Penny C. Good morning, Jackie. Uh, hi. Good morning. This is Jackie B. from the Bronx. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Okay, great. Thank you, everyone, for your service and your shares. Um, today I have gratitude. Uh, gratitude that uh, I'm not God. Gratitude that I know that uh, my higher power is with me and carrying me and teaching me through uh, this program of recovery. Um, I'm just amazed. Uh, in the last couple of weeks and days, I have been stronger with my connection to God, knowing that um, all the footwork, all the willingness, um, all the pains and anxieties and fears and frustrations have paid off because I'm starting to see how my body is matching my insides and my insides are matching my outsides. Um, I'm just amazed every day. Um, things are moving faster, and yet I still stay grounded by working the program, by working the big book, by working with sponsees, by realizing that I don't have the answers, um, that I have to look and listen to other people and know that I'm in the right place today. Uh, my family left for Florida last night. I was home alone, um, and it's amazing to me that there are four pints in my freezer and I have not even had the desire to look for it because first I took care of the allergy, not eating those things that will trigger the obsession, and then I work my program. See, I work my program every day. Like everyone else says here, if you really want to work a program and you want the clarity and the mind of clear openness, you have to work the steps. Without that, it doesn't work. It's one thing to do the food, and I'm grateful for that. I never take that for granted, but I need to work the steps. I need to share. I need to tell you that I'm a compulsive overeater, and I will be to the day I die, but I'm willing to work it. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie B. Next up, Penny C. Good morning, Penny. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, everybody on the line. Thank you. I am Penny C., recovered compulsive reader from the Boston area. Wow, when we read this this morning and as people were talking, it re- the thought came to me, why did I for so many years believe that my own human resources could lick this problem of compulsive overeating, this disease of compulsive overeating? And the answer was that that's what I was told. 
that was that that's what I was told from the time I was a very little girl that I could just stop eating that I didn't have to have that extra cupcake or whatever it was and then doctors you know push yourself away from the table it was all my own inner resources that were told to me that I that would help me and it was all my quote fault that I was so overweight until I got to OA and I'll never be I could not ever be more grateful than how and why and where I got to OA, it seemed like it was just uh, a mistake, but there are no mistakes in God's world. And I was told that I didn't have the power. The power had to come from outside of me. Oh, my, that first meeting, I walked out of there knowing I had a disease, knowing that there was an answer. It was like Christmas all over again, my birthday. I was so excited and felt like, you know, the weight of the world had been lifted from me because, you know, I wasn't a bad person. It wasn't that I I lacked, you know, willpower. It was just that nobody ever suggested to me that there was a power that I call God, that I could go to God for, for this. You know, God was way, way too busy for my compulsive overeating difficulties. So with that, I'm going, I'm going to pass. And thank you so much, everybody, be in the line. And, oh, again, thank God that I know now that as long as I keep in fit spiritual condition um, by living in steps 10, 11, and 12, I'm going to be okay. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Penny C., all right, well, we have time for two or three more shares. Who would like to share? Craig F. I heard somebody B. Pete B. Pete B. Craig F. Pete B. I heard one other voice. Marcella M. Marcella M. Okay, well, we'll go there. Everybody re- if everybody could please remute, and we will start with Craig F. followed by Pete B. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Kelly. How are you? Um, this is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, I'm glad to be here uh, on the line this morning. Uh, in the doctor's opinion, I've, I've had people, my people, going back and uh, um, doing a review of that and highlighting all the things that the doctor says won't keep you sober or get you sober. And and I've come up with a list of nine that I kind of think I've had, I had one guy come up with 15 things out of there that won't keep you or get you sober. And, and you know, I think some of them I, I would consolidate, but anyway, there's a lot of things listed, you know, frothy emotional appeal, psychiatry, modern medical science, willpower, we turn around here in this paragraph, and we have the same thing. They're telling us a, a mere code of morals, better philosophy. If those were sufficient, uh, many of us would have uh, overcome. We could wish to be moral. We could wish to be philosophically comforted. In fact, we could will those things. But our human resources, marshaled by the will, were not sufficient. They failed utter- utterly. And, and so, again, we're being told what won't 
get us abstinent, what won't keep us abstinent, uh, and, uh, you know, we're eliminating all of the other ideas. You know, we talk about having to be out of ideas. And, and uh, you know, I certainly had that idea. I, I like the term a functional agnostic. I, I believed in God. I, I wasn't didn't consider myself philosophically agnostic, uh, certainly. Uh, you know, I had a, a deep belief in God. What was wrong with me was part of what was wrong with me, part of the bravado of this disease is I didn't have a handle on the difference between what was God's job, what was my job, and what was your job. You know, I, I was trying to do God's job. Uh, I was trying to do your job, uh, and I wasn't doing my job. And, and uh, you know, part of what this program has done for me is to help me understand that uh where my responsibility lies, where my, you know, that I have to uh, be uh, honest about what I've done. I have to confess it. Uh, I have to uh, be humble and ask God to remove my shortcomings. I, I have to be, uh, I have to make amends for those things I've done wrong. That that's my job. Uh, my job isn't to correct somebody if they're not doing it right. And my job isn't to, uh, to. Uh, uh, marshal my will in, in, in place of God's will in my life. Uh, you know, my job isn't to figure all that out. My job is to surrender to that power greater than myself and, and to know that there are certain things that I need to do, certain disciplines I need to keep up. That's my job. My job is defined in steps 10, 11, and 12. And as long as I know those, I know those boundaries and those, and that job, life goes pretty well. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Craig F. Next up, Pete B., followed by Marcella M. Good morning, Pete. Good morning. Thank you, moderator. Can you hear me? I can. My name's Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered today by God's grace and mercy. And thanks for taking the meeting. You know, what, when I, when I read this, you know, what, what if, what is the, the 12 steps is a code of morals, right? The, 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 the process is, is, is a better philosophy of life. And what this is telling me is that this code of morals, if worked without leading to the power that's going to solve my problem is just it, it, it is not sufficient to overcome alcoholism right like if i'm working the 12 step recovery program with the with the uh, as a tool to keep me from eating and not as a mechanism to get me to the power greater than myself which is going to solve my problem then I'm just adopted another code of morals. I'm just, I'm just approaching another philosophy. And this is this telling us that those better philosophies and, of, and, and, and codes of morals are insufficient. Right? The entire, we're going to read this, I guess, tomorrow or the day after, is that the, 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 the entire object of what we're doing is is uh, to lead us to the power that's going to solve our problem. And that power is not human power, right? And that power is not a vision for you. That power is not Overeaters Anonymous, right? That power, it, we, it says there is one that has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. 
And, you know, if I struggle with that or if there's a struggle with that, it is because I have, I've, I'm just misinformed about the condition. I've not, I've not taken, I've not fully conceded to my innermost self that I'm alcoholic and the delusion that I'm like other people has not been smashed. You know, I came in over years anonymous. I heard that you could eat this. I said, Oh, I guess if the, you know, I guess I'm one of you. I guess if you can have that, then I can have that. Right. Like I, yeah, I, I, I was still, I, I still was relating to other people. Right? Like I'm, I'm not like other people. I'm not another bozo on the bus. The delusion that I am like other people has been smashed and I need a power the one that has all power. And I'm grateful for that. And then with that, I'll pass to give Marcella a chance to share. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, Pete B. And last, Marcella M. Good morning, Marcella. Thank you, um, Marcella M. Um, happy joyous year and free recovered in Boston. Thank you so much. Um, so um, these paragraphs, you know, that the American Code of Morals won't recover us, Reminds me a lot of when we hit 164 and um, a vision for you when it says more will be revealed, more will be revealed if we are in fit um, condition of spirit. And then at the beginning of a vision for you, we read that there is a substitute, a substitute. And the substitute, surprise, surprise, is not God, according to the big book. The substitute is the fellowship. Every time that I hit that page with my sponsors, I said, what? Are you sure? Because we have been reading and reading that this is a higher power, the higher power, but the substitute to the food, so that we're not like a boring crowd, is the fellowship. The very best investment that I've done with my life is to connect with you and, and to do the steps, study the big book and do the steps in the, in the loving companionship of the fellowship. Um, let me tell you the truth. I have had spiritual experiences before, religious spiritual experiences before a vision for you. I was born with faith. I won't take any credit. I was just born with faith. Um, my very first prayer was when I was four years old, and it was an angry, furious uh, prayer against God, with God. So, so that's not it. I mean, that was a religious experience on its own to have a fight with somebody, right? So what a vision for you has given me is a highly specific crowd that has the power to invoke the power with capital P. Why? I have no idea. I didn't, I didn't make the rules. All I know is that when I get together with you and we talk about our problem that is uh, com uh, compulsive overeating, uh, we are granted access to the power with capital B, to the experience with a capital E that makes food a completely different business. Um, when I took the, my first step, I will never forget when I took my first step because the magic happened to me. My sponsor was on the phone. I was walking in Cambridge in a beautiful autumn um, afternoon, and um, I did it. I, it was in a park, and I, ne I kneeled on the bench, and uh, and we said the seventh straight prayer. And when I stood up, I didn't see um, stores and pharmacies where I used to get my drugs, my my junk food, and my candy, and my 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 trash when i stood up i saw flags decorating the 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 avenue i saw the sky i saw the clouds i saw a, an ocean of interesting beautiful faces each one different in a unique marvelous way 
and I knew that my perception and my relationship with food had changed. I have never been hungry ever since. The obsession has been completely relieved. What I have instead of that is your Bye. income. Thank you, for which I'm very grateful. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Marcella, and thank you, everyone shared. <clears throat> That's time for us today. All right. Please join us for a second and recorded hour of study immediately following the closing. To share ID for today, Thursday, March 29th, 11224. 11224. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Julie R. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, thank you, Kelly. Julie R., recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only, we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.